Hello, Oman, konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Premium Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC London, headlined by Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. We, of course, also have Dan Hooker versus Arnold Allen. You've got Patty the Batty Pimblet coming back. This card is loaded, but... Those of you who frequent the show know we are not going to be talking about any of those main card bouts. Instead, we're going to be breaking down the prelim portion of the card. Now, for those of you who maybe don't frequent the show and are wondering, hey, why just break down the prelims? Why not break down this? This is a really exciting main card. The answer is really simple: is we know you know who Tom Aspinall or Alexander Volkov or Patty Pimblet is right now. We know there are probably a lot of the names on these prelims that you haven't heard of. Guys like Mohamed Wolkayev, who we'll get into a little bit later on. And that's why we're here, to inform you on the people you don't know, so that if you're gambling, playing daily fantasy sports, you want to win a pick'em contest, or hey, maybe you just want to know a little bit more, we're here to help you in all of those ways. Now, before we get started with the episode, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. We'll tell you a little bit more about all of the great features of Maroon Social a little bit later on in the show. But for right now, I have to introduce my co-host for today. You guys may know him as one of the absolute favorite co-hosts of the listeners. Of course, I'm talking about frequent co-host. Kurt Chase Patrick. Kurt, thanks for joining me again. Hey, dude. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you for uh, inviting me once again. All right. And as you guys know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Jai Herbert versus Aaliyah Toporia. So Herbert snapped a two-fight losing streak his last time out. He knocked out Kama Worthy back in October. Toporia, meanwhile, 3-0 in the UFC. He last knocked out Ryan Hall viciously last July. Now, my question here for you is... Tapuria going up a weight class to meet Jai Herbert at lightweight, is that going to harm him in any reasonable way, or is he that much better that it really shouldn't matter? Jai Herbert is solid, man, but dude, Ilya Tapuria is uh, really freaking good. Uh, I was, I believe I was on the show last time when he fought Ryan Hall, and I believe we, I, at least I picked Ryan Hall. You might have picked Tapuria. I definitely but, picked uh, Ryan Hall. <laughs> yeah, I, but I was going to say, that was like the one that, that really kind of put me over the hump on him. And again, before that, he knocked out uh, Damon Jackson, which is age well. He beat Yusuf Salal in his uh, in his debut. He's got submissions. He's got knockouts. Dude, he looks like the real freaking deal, man. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. And I, I don't think moving up to lightweight is going to murder him either because he's already a big guy. Like, he already had trouble making featherweight. I think, if anything, this probably helps him. And in addition to that, too... The stuff that we've seen out of him that's the most impressive has been the knockouts, right? Like, the, you mentioned the knockout of Damon Jackson, the knockout of Ryan Hall. But, like, I, I don't even think that's the best part of his game. I think his grappling is better than his knockouts. Um, I, yeah. I think I think his hands are good, and I think he could probably beat Jai Herbert even if he just chose to strike with him. The thing is, is I don't think he just needs to strike with him. I think if he takes him down, the difference is going to be so vast that this is going to be look like an absolute wash. So uh, I'll spoil my pick here a little bit. I'm saying Aaliyah Tapuria. I say he gets it done any way he wants, but if he takes it to the ground, I'm saying the submission gets in there early. How about you? Yeah, I think he could probably do it any way he wants. Um, I'm going to just differ with you just for the heck of it and go uh, 
Toporia by uh, knockout. But yeah, man, I, I'm really high on Toporia. I think this is a nice uh, showcase fight for him. I agree entirely. And speaking of guys I'm high on, this one is really exciting and, and kind of a tough one to call. The next fight is Jack Shore versus Timur Valiev. So Shore, 4-0 in the UFC. He last beat Ludovic Shalinian by unanimous decision back in September. Valiev, meanwhile, is on a two-fight win streak after losing to Trevin Jones in a weird back-and-forth fight. He's won two straight, beat Heone Barcelos last time out by majority decision. That fight was in June. My, my question for you is... Jack Shore and Timor Valiev are both very talented grapplers. Like, I love watching Timor Valiev when he gets it to the mat. Jack Shore's got an ass load of submissions. But my question for you is, what happens if this never hits the ground? What if this stays on the feet? Who do you like in that fight? By the way, I, I, I gotta say, man, looking up and down this, this card, this is honestly probably the best possibly fight on this card. It is so well matched. I've always been a big fan of, of Timur Valiev. If it does stay on the feet, I would probably favor Jack Shore a bit. I think he's a little bit quicker. I think he's a little bit more athletic. I think he has a little bit more, uh, you know, snap in his punches. But, dude, keeping keeping himself upright against Timur Valiev and keeping himself off the cage is going to be a problem because Valiev is just relentless. He's got that pressure. He's got good cardio. He can take a shot. This is a really good fight. I agree with you entirely, and I think that may, at the very end of the day, might wind up being the deciding factor. Is Valiev going to put him on his back for the entirety of this fight? Because I think Valiev is going to want to, to, to take him down. Is he going to put him on his back for the entire fight? Is Shore going to, it when he does get taken down, or should he get taken down, is he just going to like throw up subs? Because sometimes when he gets taken down, he gets a little comfy there. Does he just get too comfy, or when this goes up against the cage, is it a stall out for a little bit and then reset? Because I'm I'm with you 100% of the way. I think Jack Shore is the better striker in this one, is the person who holds the striking advantage. So, you know, it sounds like you're leaning with Valiev. You think he gets him down enough. Do you think he could finish him, or do you think this is a decision here? Dude, this is a really, really hard pick. I am going to lean Valiev. I would not be surprised if it does go the other way, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, you kind of laid it out. I don't think he's going to be able to sub Valiev off his back. Um, and if he does get too comfy and he does let Valiev, uh, you know, get in a rhythm and do enough just to keep it on the mat for long enough to, to build up time. I think he gets it done via decision, but again, it's going to be really close. I love this fight and I would not be surprised if it goes the other way. Yeah. And I'm going to pick the other way on you. Uh, just, just because I think, first of all, it is pretty much a coin flip. And I like Jack Shore on the feet here. And, and, you know, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if Valiev wears himself out a little bit. We saw that in the Trevin Jones fight. Now, granted, he had Trevin Jones really hurt and really went for it there. And I think he's learned his lesson. But I, I think Shore's got enough different ways to win here that I'm intrigued. Plus, he's an underdog pick. I do like throwing one or two of those in there. So, yeah, I'm going to take Jack Shore. I think he gets it done by decision. I don't think we're going to see a finish in either of these cases regardless. Um, and that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys, at the front of the show, I teased some of the features of Maroon Social that you guys are going to love. That's, once again, M-A-R-U-N-E, Maroon Social. You can download it wherever you download apps. One of my favorite features of it is that right there in when you're logging training sessions for whatever martial art you train, and they've got tons of them in there. 
you can tag different techniques that you're training so that when you could search for them later, you can search all the times you, you rolled with like a, a leg lock, you know, you, you wanted to work on your toe holds. All of them are right there and you then you can read all the different notes so you can see if you're making that same mistake time after time. It's a really great way to learn. It's a really great way to track your learning. And again, you can only do it when you download Maroon Social. And we are back with round number two. I'm gonna put another five minutes on the clock. And we're gonna start this round by talking about Meatball Molly McCann versus Luana Dread Carolina. McCann snapped her two-fight losing streak last time out when she beat Gion Kim. She won that fight back in September. Luana Carolina, meanwhile, is on a two-fight winning streak. She beat Lupita Godinez by unanimous decision in October. So my question for you, and this is an interesting one, is that McCann does like to box, but she mixes in the wrestling a little bit. But the crazy part of this fight is she's actually up against a 7-inch reach disadvantage with Luana Carolina. Somebody who kind of likes the Muay Thai clinch, which... I mean, I guess that negates the 7-inch reach advantage, but bottom line, final question here, do you think Molly McCann can get inside that 7-inch reach disadvantage if she needs to? I, th- You know what? I, I, I do think she's going to, and I think a bit of it is going to be Luana Carolina allowing her to. She doesn't She doesn't necessarily, like, kind of like you, you laid out, she doesn't necessarily fight tall, like, you know, she doesn't have the best jab for being that tall. She likes the Muay Thai clinch. Um, I expected a lot more from from Molly McCann. Like, if, like if we were going into like Molly McCann's debut and this was the matchup, I think both of us would have been all over Molly McCann. But now, and I don't know how the I haven't looked at the odds or anything yet. But now it's it seems like kind of a toss up. Whereas Molly McCann coming into the UFC just had a a ton of hype behind her. It just really hasn't panned out. Uh, enough for her um but yeah i I do think she's going to be able to get takedowns when she needs to i don't know how successful she's going to be on top but um yeah i i I think i think it's going to be a bit of her being able to rush forward and luana carolina letting her uh do it yeah and i i think you sort of nailed it in there when you said that that carolina doesn't fight tall and I think that that's her biggest detriment in this fight. Because you're right, I, I haven't been as impressed with Molly McCann as I, I expected to be when she debuted in the UFC. I thought she was going to be a huge deal in the flyweight division, and she's good. She's like on the fringe. She's of the, solid, yeah. Yeah, she's on the fringe of the top 15. But like, I thought she was going to outbox a lot of people, and now we're, here we are talking about the fact that most of her wins have come against boxers that she's chosen to wrestle. You know, like Priscilla Cachoeira, she chose to wrestle. Uh, Ariane Lipsky, she chose to wrestle. Deanna Belbicha, she chose to wrestle. Gion Kim, she chose to wrestle. And, like, those are the fights she's winning. So, against Luana Carolina, I'm assuming she's going to do that same thing. And with the fact that Luana Carolina regularly goes to that clinch, fights shorter than she should, I think she's going to get taken down enough that Molly McCann wins a decision here. So, I'm going to go with Molly McCann. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I think that the big key is going to be the takedown. How about you? I'm going to go with Molly McCann as well. You know, Molly McCann also gets hit quite a bit on the feet you know i don't i don't know if she also has a pretty damn good shin too i don't think carolina is going to have the power to put her away but um yeah i'm going to go molly mccann as well by decision all right and that brings us to our second fight in the second round which is mohammed mokayev versus cody durden mokayev five and oh making his ufc debut he last won by rear naked choke at brave 54 that fight was in september Cody Durden, meanwhile, won one and one in the UFC. He beat Kilangiori by unanimous decision back in November. 
So a, a lot of people are talking about Mohamed Mokayev, uh, a guy who came from the amateur scene. He was IMMAF champion. He fought like 30 times for some absurd thing out of that. The hype is behind him. Are you buying the hype behind him? Dude, I am buying the hype behind him 100%, and I am buying the hype behind this fight. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit before we went on air. Uh, Cody Durden won his last fight, said some stupid uh, things. Mokayev called him out, and the fight came together. I love shit like that. And, uh, man, you know, Mokayev just has a ton of hype coming in. Um Paired with that, I can't wait for this fight. But yeah, dude, I am all on the Makayev train. He's super well-rounded. He's young. He's explosive. He's fast. Um, I'm really digging this fight. Yeah, I, I love this fight for for the little bit of hype that's behind it, too. But I also love, you know, you said he's so well-rounded. The, the craziest thing is, is that, like, his hands on the regional scene looked really good. And it's his, again, I, I think I've said this earlier in this, this episode, it's his second best thing. His wrestling is out of control good. His top pressure out of control good. And you might, you know, expect that with a name like Mohamed Mokayev. But, like, it is really great. He he qualified for the Commonwealth Games for the UK. He, he just suffocates guys. And, you know, no offense here to Cody Durden, but, like, that's the worst matchup for Cody Durden. A guy who can wrestle better than him. You basically take your best weapon, and it's now your weakness. Like, Mokayev is just going to steamroll him, I think, with the wrestling here. And, you know, probably put it on him pretty mean if, he, like you said, it is a grudge match like uh, Mokayev made it sound. So, I'm going to go with Mokayev. I say he gets an early stoppage here to make a statement, and he becomes a big name in the flyweight division. How about you? Yeah, dude, I mean, it's in London. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's an English transplant. I think the stage is set for him. You got the bad blood. Um, I think he gets it done uh, the, the same. I think you could take him down and finish him. I think you would finish him on the feet. I'm going to go with him uh, taking him down, getting to his back, rear naked, choking him in the first round. I love it. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. We'll be right back with the last three fights in our third round. All right, guys, I want to tell you about one more feature I love about Maroon Social. And once again, that's M-A-R-U-N-E. Download it where you download apps. I want to tell you about logging competitions. Because for me, when I started doing jujitsu, I, I used to write down like how I was doing in different competitions and reminders of what kinds of subs I got. And th those pieces of paper are lost forever. That was over a decade ago, and I've got no idea where those are, and I'll never know those things. But if I had downloaded Maroon Social the day I started, the coolest thing was they'd all be right there for me in the app because the app allows you to log competitions, write in how you did, write in where they were, take pictures, all of that kind of stuff is saved in one spot. It's like your own Tapology page for your grappling, except for, hey, it's even a little bit better because Tapology doesn't have little pictures of every single event built into it. It's awesome, and it's all for you when you download Maroon Social. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Mike Grundy versus Makwan Amirakani. So Grundy is actually on a two-fight losing streak. He lost to Movsar Evloev and Lando Venata, the latter of which was by split decision all the way back in May. Mirakani, meanwhile, is on a three-fight losing streak. He last got knocked out by Lerone Murphy in October. So my question for you, Makwan Mirakani kind of seems like he's been struggling quite a bit when he can't grapple people. 
is there any chance that Grundy just keeps this on the feet, tries to outbox him, and avoids the wrestling that he's kind of pretty damn good at? That's a good question. I mean, Grundy, if you look up and down his record, he's got, you know, he's got eight submissions on his record, only one knockout. Um, the hands are not bad. Uh, you know, I think Americani is just a more seasoned guy on the feet. I think Americani has more power. Um, so I think at some point he's going to try to grapple with Americani. And I don't know if he's going to have a lot of success because Americani himself is a solid wrestler. Americani's only been submitted once in his career, although he might be, you know, a little bit on the downside. Um, I, I, I don't think he's going to have enough success on the feet where he's going to be able to just um, try to strike with Americani because I do favor Americani um, when it is on the feet. Yeah, and, and that's kind of a funny thing about this too, right? Is Khani has been struggling on the feet, but I actually think he has the advantage here. And I, I agree with you entirely about Mike Grundy is probably going to go to the wrestling and he, he's probably not going to be all that successful because, you, you know, he, he's got takedowns in just about every fight, but like his percentage is quite bad. Like he just spams takedowns until he gets the one he wants. Like, you know, I was looking at the stats and it said he had three takedowns against Lando Venata on 20 attempts. Um, which is not good that, you know, in, in meanwhile, Land of Venat is battering him on the way up. If he fails with takedowns like that too, there's always the possibility that Makwan Amirakani, who's really good at submissions, just subs him. Right. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of danger spots here. So I, I'm actually going to go with Makwan Amirakani in this one. Uh, and I'm going to say he gets it done by sub. I'm, I'm going to say he catches him somewhere. How about you? Yeah, I'm going Americani as well. Maybe I spoke too soon about Americani being a little bit on the downside. Because if you look at his last, four, it's such I mean, a hard resume. He, he was beating, he was beating Lerone Murphy too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he just has so much experience, so much high level experience. I'm going to go with Americani as well. I would not be surprised if he subbed him either. Uh, I think he gets it done inside the distance. All right. And that brings us to Corey McKenna versus Elise Reed. McKenna beat Kay Hansen by unanimous decision in her November 2020 debut. So it's been about a year and a half since we've seen her. Elise Reed, meanwhile, lost to Sajara Eubanks by ground and pound back in July. That was also her debut. So just one fight apiece for each of them. Now, my question here is that Corey McKenna grappled really well with Kay Hansen, who, you know, hasn't looked great since then, but is a pretty darn good grappler. Is there any reason to think that she couldn't just do that to read and to whatever end it, it may be? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, looking up both of these young ladies, it seems like this is a bit of a showcase fight for Corey McKenna. I mean, she she... Solid. She looks solid against Kay Hansen. She has really good grappling. I mean, uh, in Elise Reed's debut, she was taken down and finished relatively quickly on the ground by uh, Sajara Eubanks. I, I think she's going to be able to – oh, I think she's going to go to the takedown early. I think she's going to get it, and I think she's going to put Elise Reed in a world of trouble very quickly. I agree with you entirely. I, I think McKenna's a pretty damn good grappler. She works with Team Alpha Male. She's got lots of good sparring partners and, and just, you know – looks way better in the grappling department here. And with that being what I see as Elise Reed's biggest weakness, yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. They want the Welsh girl to get a win here, and I'm saying she gets it by sub. And that brings us to our last fight, which was Nathaniel Wood versus Vince Morales. So Wood, one and two in his last three fights. He actually lost to Casey Kenny last time out by unanimous decision. That was all the way back in October 2020. So again, about a year and a half off for Nathaniel Wood. Vince Morales, meanwhile, on a two-fight winning streak, including knocking out Luis Smolka back in December. 
So uh, my question for you, Nathaniel Wood has not quite been what people expected him when he went to the UFC. People thought, you know, future champion, contender immediately, all that kind of stuff. Do you think it's more due to tough opponents and bad style matchups, or is he really maybe not what we expected him to be? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, but man, you know, he's some guys. Some guys get off, uh, you know, slower than others. And Vince Morales, this is a, this is a solid, solid fight um, against a tough guy. You know, Casey Kenny's no slouch. Sean Dodson, no slouch. Um, He's fought tough guys. I still, you know, maybe he's not going to be a champion, but I'm still relatively high on Nathaniel Wood. I think he's got a well-rounded game. Um, so I'm not ready to count him out just yet. And and again, like this fight is a perfect test to see where he's at. Because again, Vince Morales himself is not probably not going to be a champion, but is he a solid-ass fighter? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think this is a great matchup for him in a lot of ways, too, because, you know, you mentioned the two losses, Casey Kenny, John Dodson, two guys who defend the takedown really well. And Nathaniel Wood is more than just takedowns. Like, he is not just the guy who gets it done on the ground. In fact, in that Casey Kenny fight, I actually think he outstruck Casey Kenny. So, you know, he's, but he is a guy who, when it does hit the ground, is really sharp. You know, we saw a really great Darius choke against Johnny Eduardo. We saw some rear naked chokes. This is, seems like a fight where Vince Morales is probably going to give up takedowns if it's not working on the feet, right? Like, if, if it's not working for Nathaniel Wood on the feet, he's got that option. And like you said, that's a perfect test. Somebody who he can test out whether or not his striking's working, and if it's not, he's got the backup plan, he picks up the win there. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good fight for Nathaniel Wood, another one of those ones where the Brit seems to be getting a favorable matchup. I'm going to take Nathaniel Wood. I say he gets it done by submission. How about you? Yeah, I'm going Nathaniel Wood by submission. I think it's going to be a pretty wild fight. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Um, I think Vince Morales himself is going to have some success, but uh, I'm going to go uh, Nathaniel Wood by late submission, maybe third round. All right, and that's going to do for the end of our third round. We hope you guys learned a little something in these eight prelim fights that we gave you in just a little bit over 15 minutes. I'd once again like to thank my co-host, Kurt Chase Patrick. You can follow him on Twitter at KCPKO. Kurt, thanks so much for the time, man. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the fights. Can't wait to do it again. 